This episode is brought to you by the official coffee of the Chromecast podcast, Fresh Roasted Coffee, who we've partnered with to make a special edition Chrome Unboxed anniversary blend. Here at Chrome Unboxed, we're not just nerdy about Chromebooks, we're also coffee snobs. And look, we wasted a lot of time hand roasting coffee before we found Fresh Roasted Coffee, and we haven't looked back since. This coffee is roasted fresh to order, immediately packaged, nitrogen flushed and shipped directly to your door. And although we can't officially say that this Chrome Unbox Edition tastes any better than the normal anniversary blend, that is the word around town. But don't just take our word for it. Pick up a bag for yourself and let us know what you think. You can grab a bag over at chromeunbox.com forward slash coffee. Welcome to the Chromecast the official podcast from Chrome Unbox, where we unpack everything from hardware to software in the world of Chrome and Chrome OS so that you can be more informed on all the latest updates, changes, and devices. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Chromecast. My name is Joe Humphrey, and I am joined, as always, by Gabriel Bringers. Hello. And Robbie Payne. Hey, what's up, everyone? So, folks, we're gonna we're gonna hop right in. We we've got uh, we've got some new Chromebooks. I feel like there's been a lot of discuss discussion of other things. We've talked a lot about Stadia. Talked a lot about some Google stuff coming. You know, yep, some yep, Nest yep. products, all this stuff. But now, but now the the tide has shifted. We've said Chromebooks are coming. Yes, we have. We've said it all. And along. now they're here. We've been saying, folks, just wait. Just yeah, just so hold your is, horses. They're coming today. Like we're gonna be talking about through what five. New yeah. models, yeah, right yeah, two, yeah. all dropped two, this week. Two manufacturers, yeah. five different models, right? Yep. Price ranging from two fifty to <laughs> almost nothing to ridiculous. <laughs> You're buying a car, <laughs> yeah. You could literally go buy a used Camry. <laughs> yeah, that, right. No doubt. For, for the price of uh, some of these Chromebooks, I it's think insane. I had a car that was about half of what my one first, of these Chromebooks. My, my first, yeah. my first Subaru was was probably the the about the price of one of these Chromebooks. So. Uh, so, so we've got two different manufacturers putting out some Chromebooks. Yeah. Uh, the first I want to talk about is the Dell uh, devices, and they they've branded them in Latitude, and they yeah. have said these are the first enterprise. Is they're that actually that? called Chromebook Enterprise. So they're br- like there's that's been a brand, other, like so that's a thing. Okay, yeah, so it's so Chromebook it. Enterprise is not a. Enterprise Chromebook. So Chromebook Enterprise is integrated <laughs> with some Google products. Right, so, because because Google worked, or, or Dell worked very closely right. with Google on these devices to do some different admin things so that companies can roll these out and IT folks can really take care of Yeah, of so so at the core, you know, Dell's got their their enterprise thing, but Google Enterprise, they've got a new, pe- new landing page up for this. And there's devices they recommend for enterprise like the Acer Chromebook Spin 13 things like that but then there are Chromebook Enterprise which are devices that come preloaded with the management license that you need to enroll a device so if you have managed Chromebooks through your business each of those devices has a license that you pay for separately it all comes with it now with the Dells they have multiple layers they have uh, Dells VMware their multi-point uh, management solution and all that stuff pro support they're offering all kinds of stuff and if you if you if you pile on all the goodies and get the maxed out one you could easily spend three thousand dollars on one of these three thousand dollars which is crazy town three thousand. 
dollars. It's a little little chunk of change for now, a Chromebook. A lot I can of that, hear. I can hear. I can already hear everyone. Every, all the all the commenters. Oh yeah, three thousand I mean, dollars for a Chromebook. <laughs> now, I mean, you got to remember, like like Gabe said, there's all that stuff that comes with it. So not just the management license, but there's some very specific Dell things. Like, yeah, that's part of their VMware. Yeah, it, they've rebranded it, but it's VMware's multi-point management solution. So it manages your business, all of your uh, virtual machines and all of the stuff that enterprises uses use to run cloud software and all that. That's all integrated into the Chromebook and it's there. The licenses are there. So you, you're paying for software licensing and stuff like that. Right. So, But you get in select countries, you got 24-7, 365 days a week support. You got a problem with your Dell, your Dell software or whatever. Now, now understand this isn't software. This isn't like you're buying a Windows device and it's got all this bloatware correct, on it. Correct. It's part of Dell's cloud management solution. Right. So it's just another cloud centric app like you would have on your normal Chromebook, but it's all of the Dell stuff licensed and pre-installed for you. So. Yeah, and I mean, and you can tell the the enterprise mark being on these. For for instance, there are no Chromebooks that exist with two mouse buttons. Like we see that on Windows devices. Like Lenovo has that, and they got the ones with like the nub and stuff yeah. like that on them. The idea think, pad, think, think pads, think pads stuff. yeah, think pads. And when those things come out as Chromebooks, all that gets stripped out. You get a trackpad because that's what Google wants. And yet, here come these these Dells and they have a left and right mouse button. Right. Which my, my initial thought was why, what are you doing? But these are preloaded. These are the whole purpose of this is for Google to assist Google and Dell and whoever else to assist companies in the transition to Chrome OS while still being able to leverage legacy software. They're still going to be running windows on virtual machines and things like that. These are going to be people who are accustomed to using windows and all that those buttons are going to be a necessity because those functions and those features are going to be there and they're right. going to need it when they're using the non Chrome OS side of the Chromebook. Right. And so now, you, know, you don't want them having to learn like these things. Think about some old school sales guys out in the field yeah. kind of thing. Do you really want to go through and have to teach them that nope. two fingers on the trackpad is equivalent to the right click? You know, like there it's those little nods to like, true enterprise deployment that that Dell has done here. I mean, it shares, what, 90% of the build materials of the Windows versions of the Latitude, which are Dell's enterprise devices. Like, it's a sector that I... I don't fully even comprehend, honestly. I mean, we we spend most of our time in the consumer mm-hmm. uh, focused market, and that's I mean, for anyone listening, that's where we're going to stay. Like, right. we're we're not going to go try to specialize in enterprise and try to understand deep level IT stuff. We we don't work in that. We uh, like Gabe kind of dealt with some of that at a former job, but not even to like. We're not talking about like the super corporate no, kind of stuff. We've no. never even dealt with it, so. I, you know, I don't, don't expect us if you're listening to this and you're in, in that kind of field, like, Hey, we're going to really break down like deep it stuff. And we're going to get into all the nitty gritty enterprise stuff. Like we're just not going to do that around here. And so, but we, we also want to try to make sense of why these devices cost as much as right, they do. Right. Uh, and, and there's some interesting stuff there too. Yeah. And, and if you go there and you can read the article, there's links to the, to the devices. So let's back up and look at what you got. You've got a 13.3 inch yeah, the convertible, convertible 13, uh, the 5,300, then the 5,400 is 14, 14, 14 inch mm-hmm. clamshell. 
they do. They look just like the Windows devices. Uh, they're pretty much the same. They're missing a few features. One thing's interesting. It looks there's no direct shots of the keyboard. Huh. There's like no straight down shot. So I don't know if it still has the fingerprint scanner. It's not listed on the spec sheet. Okay. But the Latitude Windows models do have that. It's right up there beside the this keys over here on okay. the right side. Don't know if it has it or not, but price-wise, you go to the site and if you max one out, the 14-inch, you're talking Core i7, 32 gigs of RAM. Unheard that, of in a Chromebook. Yeah, they're offering a terabyte of storage, but it's not on the site yet, but you can get a 512 gigs of storage, NVMe. It's NVMe, so yeah, super fast. So, I mean, everything you can think of, touchscreen, all that, and like list price is over $3,000. Now they've got <laughs> it. They've like automatically. Yeah, it's got like an instant down, saving. Yeah. So I, th I think it's, it's over $2,000, which I don't know. I mean, that seems crazy high, but you got to think most of these enterprises are dropping that kind of money on. They wouldn't bat an eye to drop $2,000 on a, a tricked out MacBook. Or tricked yeah. out Windsor, or, Windows, Windows device, yeah, or this device with Windows on it, right? And it's probably a little bit cheaper than it. I bet you, if you configured the exact same latitude, it's probably a tad bit cheaper. I would not paying for the Windows license, right. and you have to remember with these, just like you were saying earlier, like these devices are whether it's Windows or Chrome OS on them, they're going to be leveraging VMware. They're right. going to be leveraging all of their interoperational stuff, all of that IT stuff that, regardless of the OS, right. so. At the end of the day, if this OS is easier to manage, easier to secure, easier to update, and they don't have to worry about all the, the, the barnacles that basically come with Windows, and they're still going to leverage the same software suite and the same VMware and the same virtual stuff, well, yeah. Why, from an enterprise standpoint, when they're looking at their budget sheet and going, yeah, we get to save, what, 100 bucks on each one of these so we don't have to pay for a Windows license? Oh, and it's going to save, like some gray hairs for our IT guys and probably save some of their time and some of their resources. Yeah. It's a no brainer. When right. you look at it from that perspective versus why would you pay this much money for someone with Chrome OS on it? Look there, <laughs> these guys aren't exactly leveraging the OS because these things are locked down and managed to a T right. for most companies. So it, the underlying operating system, once you're using those tools instead of, they're all using cloud tools anyway. Right. And that's so, the point is that a lot of people are going to say, well, why don't they just buy a Windows device if they're using it to access VMware and Windows, whatever. Here's the deal. Most major corporations have already made the move to the cloud in one shape, form, or fashion, whether it's, yep. whether it's Google, AWS, whatever. They're already using those tools. Why not have a lightweight operating system like Chrome OS that can still leverage all that? And gets Android apps, and as of VMworld last week, now has access to Linux apps via the admin console. So you now have right. four operating system ecosystems on one device that's virus protected. You're not having to pay for virus protection and all those other things. Mm -hmm. I mean, the only real drawback now is that, you know, people are already bringing up the, the six and a half year auto update policy and we'll, we'll get it. That's a whole different episode. We'll talk about that later. So, yeah. And I, I, some of the pressure that's come up out of nowhere, the, 
You know, it's not yeah. like it's changed. Um, and it a lot is. of people have been talking about it lately. And I'm I'm hoping some of that pressure comes on and, and Google changes some of that for mm-hmm. for the more expensive devices. Yeah, for the, and for that's the, top the thing is that you know a year ago I wrote an article about you know why it's not a big deal. And for a three hundred dollar budget Chromebook or consumer Chromebook, it's not because right. I promise you, you're going to buy another device in five or six years. Most people are right for a business paying two thousand dollars for a Chromebook or that schools. does all these things. Schools, yeah. Yes, I think ten years. I think ten years is fair. And I, I, I would venture to say, based on what we are seeing in the repositories, um, what we're seeing on a commit level, my guess would be that we're going to eventually see them do that. And some of the changes they're making right now are to to make that work. So what I'm referring to is the the idea of of moving development boards to these unibuilds versus three years ago, two years ago. Every board was a different thing and had right. different specifications. Now, I mean, we're seeing it. We're already seeing. We're yeah. going to talk about some devices here in a minute that are. I'm almost guaranteeing you that 15 inch Lenovo that we're going to talk about here in a minute is going to be a Nami variant. It looks just like the HP yeah. 15 that we just messed with. Mm-hmm. It looks like the uh, gosh, what? Uh, oh, the the Acer 714. I mean, they're all Nami. They're all built on the same Unibuild baseboard. So guess what? When it's time to update, you tweak the Unibuild, and that's all you have to do. Yeah, yeah. one you t- you mess with one board. Oh, you've affected 12, 15 devices at one time. And oh, so, I mean, you think about Apollo Lake. You probably 30, 40 devices. Yeah. One change fixes everything. Yeah, you're, because you forced everyone to go, hey, you can build your variations of this stuff, but we're going to make sure that from a centralized point, when we have to write new stuff or make sure that, is this going to work on this one? As long as we've tested it on this one Unibuild baseboard, the variations that you've made is just turning off stuff. So like mm-hmm. the baseboard has all the bells and whistles. You can take off whatever you want, but when we test it and it works on that one Unibuild, cool. So now we're, we're upkeeping over the course of, we're talking 10 years, you know, 10 to 20 sets of Unibuilds, you know, over the course of that time versus 500 devices. That's much more manageable from saying like, Hey, we're going to continue making sure that we support this device moving forward. So that would be my guess is that as we see more Unibuilds, eventually Google's going to come out and be like, Hey, look, we've extended this out, you know, to at least this long. Um, you know, I, the funny part is like uh, other, other OSs can do this and nobody just throws a fit. Like there's these people that are still stuck on like windows XP and all this stuff. And somehow that's okay. You know, because I can still run my legacy program. Like, yeah, but that undermines the entire idea of Chrome OS in general. Chrome OS is updated all the time and thus is secure. At some point, devices have to stop getting updates. Like, it, it, at some point. that You can't go forever. Right. So, there has to be a cutoff. So, what then becomes, an, is 10 years going to be enough? Like, I, <laughs> right. I, I think a decade is, right. like, I it feels like six and a half years feels a little short. I think if they could get it to seven or eight years, I mean, hell, like think about the warranty on your vehicle and your car. I bought an extended warranty on the new vehicle I bought. It's eight years. Is That's as long as they're going to warranty that thing out for me. And it's a, you know, it's a $22,000 vehicle. Like this is, a, I know it's an expensive Chromebook, but let's, I don't know. Let's just have a little bit of reality check here. Um, you know, I wish I wish Google would get to the point where they're maybe they don't update you to the the latest version. I don't know. Like I don't they can't do that either because it's really just about security. I don't think people expect to keep getting features. They just want their operating system to remain secure, and there's just no way to do that without continuing to get updates. And so, right. But I but, don't know. but these but these 
these unibuilds could could maybe it do could that. help could help yeah it could at least extend kind of, it again right. there's going to be a cutoff like it, there's not just going to like keep updating your device indefinitely and no, and, yeah because yeah. here's there the deal we always cutoff. have someone and I, i'm not digging on anybody we always have someone who says oh well, i have a windows device i've had for 15 years and blah 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 great you are the exception i worked in a business that had networks and and uh, managed devices, and we had Lenovo ThinkPads and all of that. My device was less than five years old, and I did nothing but my job on it, and it was a piece of garbage. <laughs> yeah. It was slow. It was horrible. Loading Chrome alone made it want to throw up. Yes, mm. there are exceptions, and that's great, but as far as I'm concerned, yeah. I have a device, a Chromebook that's five years old, and it's reaching end of life. Chances are it's still running as good, if not better, than the day I bought it. Yeah, I yeah. have a 2013 Pixel in my bag that's on still just 68. So yeah, still rolling along. Right. Run, yeah, obviously it's not going to be compatible with some things because of Chrome, but it works great. Yeah, and what would kind of I think lessen the blow a little bit is if Google would fully like they already started to partner with Neverwhere, but if they'd fully partner with Neverwhere and say, "Hey, look, here's a fully supported thing yeah. right in the settings. Like, are you ready?" You know, if you're ready to come off Chrome OS and go to Neverwhere, here's what you're going to lose. Here's, you know, here's the difference. But you can go ahead and go to that, and now you're in a different version of Chromium OS now that's going to maintain updates. And right, because we've seen some forks of uh, of Chromium OS that actually support Play Store and support Linux, and that, I, I don't recommend them. They're they're kind of out there. They are open source, and they're. I'm not telling you to use them, but if Neverwhere makes the shift to hey, we support fully, you know, if Google gives them permission or whatever and they can do Android apps or whatever, I mean, your device could run forever. Yeah. My Pixel's got plenty of horsepower. But the minute they do that, like, it didn't, you just kind of question, well, why don't you guys just do it? Yeah, I, <laughs> why I, don't, don't, you, I don't know. You know, why don't you just update them? Just keep pushing updates and, and say, hey, you know, we can only guarantee supported updates for this long. And after this point, you're going to keep getting updates stuff may break and we're not promising you that it like if i have a an old 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 phone that of course phones i mean are a perfect example God, people pay a thousand dollars for a phone and two years after they don't they don't promise you updates anymore i would say i've never <laughs> i haven't had a phone reach two years of age and i don't know how long yeah and so it's it's a weird thing because i mean we pay more for phones than we do for chromebooks and people don't get that upset that your don't phone care. yeah stops getting updates after yeah. two years. I nope, mean, companies yeah. are just like, nope, no more updates for you. Like, yeah. so I don't but, know. I'm yeah. not sure. I'm not sure where to put that. And maybe Google's just gonna be like, look, it's six and a half years and that's plenty of time. And we think that's enough. And yeah, yeah. if that's and, bad for you, don't buy a Chromebook. Yeah. And, I don't know. And, to, to, to bring it back around to the enterprise stuff, you know, I think, I think that they could almost even treat some of the enterprise stuff differently. You know, that with these, you know, you know, enterprise Chromebooks now. Um, so, you know, to, to bring it back around here, when when or when can folks start seeing these Dells? If if there's a company out there that's listening to this and says, "Whoa, these sound great. Let's 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 buy these." Yeah, have they they are. They went live the day after the announcement. They're available on Dell.com. Uh, there's a link in our article. Uh, if you go to the site and build one out, 
it's going to automatically have all the Dell support and Chrome license and all that stuff. So all that stuff's there. And that, that brings up another good point. People are saying, Oh, I want one of these, but I'm not paying that. You can buy one of these without all the extras. You'll just need to hop in a chat with, uh, you go to the, the product page. There's a live chat. You can hop in and say, Hey, I'm interested in buying this. Can we do it without the license and stuff? Or you may have to call them or whatever. But uh, from what from our understanding, they are available to the public. We actually uh, heard from or came across uh, the UK Dell site actually has where you can go in and build one out without all that. And price wise, they actually look very reasonable. I so mean, what does that drop them down to? I, you're you're talking the 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 base model of the convertible is supposed to be around seven hundred dollars, I think. And from what we can tell is if you strip off all the Chrome management, the Dell stuff, everything, you, you're getting under seven hundred dollars. Now that is for uh, what are we looking at? Pentium, Pentium Gold, I think. I think that's what they're yeah, it's like the Pentium Gold with four gigs of RAM, whatever. But you're talking about getting like a core device with eight gigs and some decent storage because the base storage is 128 yeah. NVMe for at or under a thousand dollars. You're getting a lot of Chromebook for a thousand bucks. I mean, you and, think about the Pixelbook came out beating. Yeah, you took the mm-hmm. the Pixelbook. 512 gigs of storage with an i7, but it was a Y series and it was seventeen hundred dollars. And like Robbie yep. said, these these Dells are rugged. They're built for. Are they are they all met? Are, oh, all and they them? have. They LTE. are actually yeah. <laughs> you have LTE option, uh, but no, they're actually uh, like the Windows latitudes. They're carbon fiber backs. Okay. They so use like recycled materials and all that yeah. stuff. But yeah, they're drop tested. They're all that. I mean, they're they're, they're made to be abused. And, and for that reason, they're not attractive. I mean, this isn't a oh, yeah, pixel they book. They real ugly. They are they are chunky and clunky, but. That's what they're made for. So, right. right. Yeah, they're so. built to work. I mean, it is function over form 100%. With it's got these an hands. Ethernet port on it, man. Yeah. The 14 inch one yeah. does, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you've got like Sprint and Verizon LTE options and SIM card slots and all this stuff. They've got a USB C dock that HDMI Robbie, ports. Yeah, Robbie dug up a while back and. It's apparently it's like the really popular Dell dock that everyone uses with Windows now. Yeah, the C dock. Yeah. It works with the Chromebook too. So. Multiple monitor support and all that mm-hmm. stuff. So, it's great. Yeah. It's great. More more uh, more good options for enterprise folks. So, so yeah, you got three thousand dollars burning all in your pocket. <laughs> there you go. It's go, all you. Go get a managed Chromebook. <laughs> yeah. so, so we've got some uh, maybe don't, don't buy that. Yeah. So we've got some maybe less attractive devices that just came out, but we have some other devices which you hinted at uh, just a second ago, Robbie these new Lenovo's and we've seen these in videos that came out two weeks ago something oh like gosh, that it's been more like than a that month. Oh, it's almost boy. a month I remember we were sitting over oh, here boy. like working on an article or something and Gabe shot me the the message it just popped up in my Google feed it was, it was on, crazy yeah, it was like, and we were like watching this a YouTube video, video like what the heck what are all these Chromebooks yeah. somebody accidentally published this yeah, yeah. So, exactly. So, that's exactly what happened and then they just decided oh well yeah, know, yeah. let's yeah. just leave it that's out there so, so, uh, so a couple new devices mm-hmm. Um, what, what what are we getting from uh, on offer from Lenovo? Yeah, so you've got a, a new line of, uh, I, I would call them budget devices, but they offer some good specs. So you've got an uh, 11.6 inch convertible, uh, which Dell or Dell Lenovo is known <laughs> for. They have they have MediaTek ones, they have Intel ones, they've done rugged ones, they've done consumer ones, all that. Mm-hmm. This is their new one with a new processor. They have a 15.6 inch convertible, another one. So this is kind of for people that don't want to drop eight hundred, nine hundred dollars on a Yoga. Mm-hmm. You can get this. Yep. And then they have a 14 inch clamshell, which is beautiful uh, and notable. The 15 inch has a number pad on it. 
Mm-hmm. So uh, we're that, that'll give us the third one. So yeah, we're yeah. still waiting technically on the Acer to show up. But you have the Acer 715, that the HP 15, and now this. Um, and it and it's worth looking at these from the lens of last year. Lenovo did really well in this space with the C330. I can't remember how many times we've recommended that one. Personally. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Especially when uh, uh, most days you can get it for 180 bucks. Yeah, I, mean, I remember there was a point right around Christmas last year like where it dropped down to 160 something, yeah. and that was just the easy go to. And somebody's like, "Look, I want a under 200 bucks. What do you want?" It was not even a question. That yeah. was C330. Uh, it was MediaTek. It had an IPS screen that wasn't the brightest thing in the world, but a decent keyboard, decent trackpad. It was convertible. It was small. You know, there was a lot to like about it. You know, felt like your kids weren't going to break it. Yeah, the relatively. They you know, it. it's just the 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 auto update policy was the only issue with it. Yeah, it's, because it had that. It's the that media board. tech that they've used for three years, so it's it's aging. It's going to yeah. run out of updates in like I think two and a half, three years. Three years, I think. But you're spending 160 bucks, too, right? So. Um, so now this one has come along. Um, what is the model on it? It's very similar. C C three forty eleven. Which yeah. So that was the three thirty. This is the three forty. But Chromebook swap names. out, yeah. Swap out that MediaTek <laughs> and drop in the Gemini Lake. Uh, Celeron in four thousand. So think about uh, if you're trying to. Compare last year, we had all the education and low end devices were Apollo Lake, 3350, 3450. Um, and I just never liked them. Uh, never got a hold of one. I was like, okay, I could, yeah, I'm comfortable yeah, use this. this. Is good. It's always just a <laughs> yeah. little slow yeah. and aggravating. Yeah. And so anytime we saw a new device come out and they're like, oh, you know, Intel inside, and you look at it, and it's like 3350, 3450. Oh, God, here we yeah, go again. I mean, and maybe we gave them a bad shake, but I, I have a 3450 I, at home that my kids use, and for them, it is great. Right. Uh, my wife was using the spin one day for, for something, so I grabbed this device and tried to work on it. Which one is it? It's the Sector Five. Oh yeah, yeah. It's a great device for a it, for what it's made for. It's a rugged, student-oriented device. Trying to run seven, eight tabs and open and grab it, you know, not not, not quite so much. But that's not what it's made for. True. Right? So true. But Gemini Lake could change that. Yeah, and so we haven't gotten our hands on a true just good old Gemini Lake processor yet. We've Messed with the Acer 512 a bit. Uh, that's got the Pentium Silver in it. So that's a step up from the Celeron. Yeah. It's like it's the Pentium N4200, something yeah. like that. There's I don't know. 41 and 42, yeah. Um, so it's. I think I think performance-wise it's a little better. The Pentium Gold is way better. The Pentium yeah. Gold is like just a step under a core M, uh, M3 yeah. kind of processor. They're, but they're the, They bridge that gap between Atom-ish processors right. and core. Um, they do a good job of it, but too. But the Gemini, like, the one we got to mess with were at CES. Yep. Asus had their new line of convertibles and small devices with, you know, this this level of processor in it. And I, I guess the easiest way is to say mo- Intel's mobile-centric processors. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I just remember, and this is before they fixed a lot of the multitasking and the tablet mode stuff, swiping around through there, and it was buttery. Like, it was really good. I think we ran an Octane and got 16-something yeah. thousand, which I've said a bunch of times, once you get over 15,000 roughly in Octane, it's where you stop constantly thinking. So I'm not yeah, saying you're not you look push at, the limits. You look at three years ago, four years ago, this vein of Chromebooks, this vein of processors were nine, ten yeah. thousand. When yep. you're talking Braswell, those Apollo back Lake then they were okay. to what, twelve. Yeah, Apollo Lake kind of crested that ten, but they still struggled. But when you're getting up to that fourteen, fifteen, you're talking yeah. about 
you're doing some pretty decent work right with one of these. And you're not going to worry about it struggling constantly so now what we're going to see is the same thing happen this year this uh, a slew of chromebooks left and right that are more affordable um like what are the pricing on this like that little the 11? 14 inch which has the n4000 starts at 249 that's starting price that's msrp yeah it's only going to go down we know how this works and it looks like a surface laptop and yeah. so i mean if, if the s this is again so they had the c330 and the s330 we've talked about both we've had both of them we have videos of them all that kind of stuff this is the c340 and s340 this is just the successors to these devices (laughs) both of them are coming they're coming with ips displays across the board this year Uh, that was the problem with the s330 the screen was just absolute trash Um, this that's going to fix that even if it's not the brightest thing in the world as long as it's ips has decent colors and viewing angles that fixes that Mm. keyboards and trackpads weren't an issue Build quality. Yeah, I mean, Lenovo's plastic, always done, but they're yeah, okay. They even they're cheap, cheap. Lenovo's always been above average yes, on input methods, on and cheapie. as long as they didn't decide to cheap out on these, I mean, two hundred and fifty dollars. It's going to be a no brainer. This will be the holiday Chromebook to buy. And so, Sorry. what's the fifteen inch going at? What's it uh, starts at four twenty nine or four forty? So no, number four hundred and fifty dollars. I think number pad, backlit keys, right? Yeah, IPS so screen. You're looking at Pentium. It, it can do an M three too. Or, yes. so, yeah, an M three. So right. you do Pentium the forty four seventeen or M three. Weird thing is, and and I touched base with Lenovo, and they confirmed that this is the specs that they're showing internally. Four gigs of RAM. I don't get it. Yeah. So you can get eight gigs in the in the N four thousand, right? But you can only get four gigs in the Core i three, which I think is a idiotic move by any manufacturer. Like it, I don't care. If it's got a Core i processor in it, it should have eight gigs of RAM. But you've got IPS touch display, full HD, keypad, convertible, and some cool colors. So even yeah. with the i, <laughs> colors, yeah, man. even with the i three, I mean, you're probably talking maxed out five hundred fifty bucks. That's for crazy. A, yeah, for, a, for a, a really good Chromebook. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. I mean, we so, haven't we haven't gotten our hands on these yet. No, but, but I mean, if if based past, on the stat sheet, right, based on the stat sheet, based on past performance, based on past build quality, yeah. like I think Lenovo might be in the position of a bit of dominance in that. Yeah, lower Yeah, because honestly, Acer has has the overshadowed the the market for three years now. I mean, they have the most Chromebooks on the market. They've had the widest uh, variety of Chromebooks on the market. And if Lenovo does well with these, and then yeah. they follow up next year with a really good lineup of next generation core models, they're going to take a chunk out of Acer. Yeah, because yeah. they're they're doing some good stuff. The the yoga. Don't get me wrong, we love Acer, but yeah. uh, the the market is expanding. Yeah, and good, major. Good like for, one of my faves. Consumers. One of my faves is this. The it's on the table yeah. right now. The yoga. the C six thirty yoga. Yeah, so. he's worn the Chrome logo I, off. I of I can see them uh, <laughs> them expanding that into a thirteen inch. You know, a couple different versions of that. Yeah, it's it's a fantastic device. It's, I mean, it's so great. I wish it had backlit keys. Yeah, well, they do. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, so for folks listening that are interested, when can they buy these? Uh, September for the eleven inch and the fourteen, and November for the fifteen. I think is what they said. So anyway, just aim for October. Yeah, Yeah. (laughs) you'll probably hit something. Yeah, Yeah, they'll be they'll be available by by Christmas time. Yeah, and these are these are very consumer. 
consumer centric consumer centric yeah did i just consumer make centric. Consumer, consumer oriented consumer oriented yeah, devices I mean, check I'm it like, out like the dark orchid they yeah. even have a sand oh, pink great. if you like that these great. are devices that you look and you think man that's yeah. a nice look i've got a feeling these are going to yeah. sell like hotcakes yeah, this uh, this, this holiday yeah, season especially you take some of those starting prices and then put the normal deals on them yeah, i mean you're getting a brand new chromebook standard, for 200 bucks 180 dollars the the standard uh, chromebook uh, discount so yeah so lots of lots of cool devices. These are these are going to be better for you know your general public to go by. Unlike the Dell, I think those are obviously much more geared to, to enterprise. So uh, so right. folks, yeah, lot, lots of good options coming out there. So uh, we're going to take a quick break and we will be right back. This podcast is brought to you by NordVPN. We recommend the service and we use NordVPN because they keep your browsing secure and private on any device. Whether you're using a Chromebook, an Android device, a Mac, an iPhone, or a Windows device, NordVPN is going to protect your browsing. They also have 24-7 customer support in case you ever have any issues, and they offer a risk-free 30-day money-back guarantee. So if you want to learn more and maybe give it a try, head over to chromeunbox.com forward slash Nord, N-O-R-D. Welcome back, everyone. We've got... uh We've got an odd assortment of things here uh, that we're just going to run through. We got there. There isn't a real trend here on the the latter part of this podcast today. No, it's been a weird week. <laughs> it's, it's been a weird week of of tech news uh, for us. So we've got a we've got a handful of things here. Uh, I guess this first one can fall under the uh, what's new in Mountain View uh, category. <laughs> it's our segment. It it is. We didn't have it is, an intro music in segment. Yeah. Oh man, Chimes. I need to. I need to queue. I need Ooh. to queue up. I need to queue up uh, some some sound effects into the board here, yes. so we can we do, do that. like a what's the thing called the Thurman? Is it the the little? Oh, there. Yeah, the <laughs> yeah, that thing. Yeah, Sheldon plays it on what's Big Bang. New in Mountain yeah. View. Yeah, I love it. Okay, there we go. Yeah, there, and now done. We, we we've got it. We just need to record that, and we'll be ready to yeah. roll. Um, so um, so this this is a, a bit of kind of uh, speculation here. Um, there was a patent that was found. Um, it was like, let's go digital or something like that. I'm sorry if I'm butchering that mm. website's name. I, I don't know. Don't they found a, they found a patent, uh, was filed back in 2017. Uh, but it, it was just now discovered uh, somehow. And, um, it shows what, what was labeled as camera watch, camera watch. That's all it said, camera watch. Hmm. And it was a watch with a camera right in the middle that Google had filed back in 2017. So now everyone's like, Oh, Google's going to be putting out a watch. It's going to have a camera in it. And, uh, and as a Wear OS user, uh, have been, I've had the Huawei GT. I don't even know what it's called. I've had it for so long. I've had this thing for three years now. It's like it the feels Huawei like watch. It's a two, Huawei basically. watch. Yeah, it's a Huawei smartwatch. I, I ended up going with that one because it had had GPS because I'm a, I'm a runner. Um, it had GPS uh, built in and it had NFC and it had heart rate. So yeah, those were the yeah. three kind of things. That at the time, there was no other watch that had it, so I went with that one. And I've kind of been along for the ride with with Wear OS. They've tried tweaking things. Tried kind of you know they it. What was it before it was Wear OS? I can't even remember now. Is it Android Wear. Android Wear. Yeah. So Wear OS came along and they did clean some things up, made the interface a little better. Um, recently, they've done this tiles thing where you swipe over and get some kind of quick information. I don't ever use it, to be honest with you. Um, but all of this to say, Google, just just make a good watch. And, and, and maybe this patent is old and maybe this doesn't have 
anything to do with what they're working on right now, if they are even working on anything at all. Um, but but why do all this weird? Why put a camera in the middle of a watch? Like no one's gonna do that. And The Verge had a great article, and they were like, even if you do have a, there was like a Nubio something watch that was came out a while ago and had a camera on it. The the guy that wrote the article is like, you know, it, 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 it's it's basically impossible to even get a good photo right. with it and frame something up. Like what? What? Why would what you? Purpose was, would yeah, be for what, why would you even have it? I, FaceTime, FaceTime, well, maybe uh, uh, face unlock, maybe a little face weird. unlock, maybe. But I mean, video conferencing, yeah, maybe. Well, here's uh, a here's a speculation. IR scanner, speculation. Uh, file this firmly under speculation. But we've been talking about Chromebooks and face unlock and all this kind of stuff. Gabe and I were having a discussion yesterday, and we were talking about the upcoming facial awareness stuff that the uh, Nest. Hub Max, Max. Yes. will have. It's not facial unlock. It's just an awareness, so it knows to show me my stuff instead of someone yeah, else's stuff. Yeah, so this stuff. was a, was it I.O.? I th- yeah, it was I.O. Mm-hmm. So yep. another one of those things where Google likes to announce stuff, and they show you a really cool video of it actually doing what it does, and then they say coming soon, and then by the time it comes out, everyone's completely forgotten it was a thing. So yesterday, I rushed home because I was so excited to uh, try it on my JBL view link view and it didn't work. So yeah, it's just, it's, it's aware of what user is in front of it. On right. A smart Which display is, with a camera. So the original nest hub won't work. Right. Cause won't it doesn't have a camera, and but it, it sees you. And so it's, con- it gives you contextual results and it shows you your, day your and stuff. All that stuff right which is just as secure as like unlocking my phone with my voice which is to say not secure right this right. is what? this is more assistant level contextual <laughs> stuff this is this isn't i'm hiding all my deepest darkest secrets and pin codes and everything behind something it's hey this is going to show me better youtube suggested videos and maybe right. some news that's curated to me or maybe play my my playlist like oh and if somebody hacks this oh no you got my playlist like who cares about that kind of stuff and so um my speculation then went to well you know i i have no idea if this is the case um and i've i'm still even formulating my opinion on this it just came up as you were saying that that we're tracking all this face unlock stuff for chromebooks could absolutely be face unlock not no doubt about it but face unlock with an rgb camera is not by definition secure there's no way for that camera to really sense whether it's me or it's a picture you know and so uh without any additional hardware stuff like we see we're seeing ir sensors for instance on some stuff but really that's more for depths are for color sensing Mm -hmm. for better ambient display so imagine like the true tone displays on ipads we've talked about that on the website like that type of thing where the, the screen now doesn't just get bright or dark. It changes color a little bit, you know, based on the environment, blah, blah, blah. So the IR sensors we've seen, we're seeing being developed. We've looked them up by model number. They're not the IR sensors you would need to scan someone's face. Right. So it, that stuff's not on Chromebooks right now. And yet there's clearly some face unlock or yeah. face recognition there's stuff something. going on. It's like, so what is it? Could it not be this? Could it not be the assistant extending itself in this way too so that now the assistant uses it to know that, hey, Robbie's sitting in front of the computer. That's a little weird to me. I don't know, unless it's an ambient mode thing. Yeah, Like if I can sit, walk up to my Chromebook, talk to the assistant without unlocking it and see something real quick on the screen, walk away, it kind of fits into that ambient mode thing that we know is coming to Chromebooks too. Like I don't really know what this is for. I don't 
I don't use my Chromebook in a locked state very sure, often, so sure. seems seems a little <laughs> weird. Not? But I mean, well, if you if you could walk up and maybe it won't unlock, but maybe it'll it will be able to answer a few assistant questions without unlocking it. Well, because sure. you've got the assistant, yeah, mode. you've got. I mean, yeah. you have all kinds of stuff happening on the lock screen now. You've got media notifications, you've right. got uh, media playback controls, but you've also got. I mean, if the assistant. You get a text message, and you've got messages as they're linked to your Chromebook, WhatsApp linked to your Chromebook, which the assistant can read those now. If you get a message and you have your settings as such, you can say, hey, G, read my last message. Right. And it does it on your Chromebook just like it would on your phone, maybe, without having to unlock the device. So bringing that all back around, that's speculation. That could be something that they would would use a camera on a watch for so that you're just getting more contextual stuff. But, again, it's questionable because – that watch is on your wrist already. Like, how many other people is it going to give contextual stuff to? Like, it, of yeah. course it's me. Like, I mean, I, it, I've logged in with my account that yeah. I want my stuff, obviously. So, I, that's a reach. That's what I'm saying. I, yeah. It could be something like that. I don't know. It could. It, it, uh, I mean, obviously, um, a lot of people that wear smartwatches don't have them locked. I mean, uh, Wear OS has a pin thing built in. I don't use it. No. I know a lot of people that wear Apple watches that don't use the security on those. The Fitbit versa that i wear Rob, not Robbie's, the apple watch Rob, the Robbie's, apple watch that he wears i saw robbie wearing a an apple, apple watch, watch nope. on a video it's a, it's a fitbit versa him. and i do not lock it um because that's honestly, not to say robbie might wants to, not try an apple watch no that's no very but true somebody wants to steal my fitbit and go like get some steps for me hey, yeah that'd be great have at it like yeah. i don't i don't care it, if you unlock it, it. it's not gonna work do like that <laughs> Oh, but if, if if Google caught on my cats all the time, <laughs> so here while while we're talking about it, the if if you have an update to your assist your Google Home app, if you go to the assistant settings in your Google Home app, this is the the actual verbiage: personalize your experience with face match. Teach your assistant to recognize your face so it can tell you apart from others and show info meant just for you. Yeah, so, on the watch, that doesn't really make yeah, sense. So on the watch, it doesn't really make sense. You're going to be the one wearing it. On, on a Chromebooks, for sure. maybe, yeah. yeah. Uh, but I think one thing we've been running into is we have so many home devices at the office and at the studio and at home. They sometimes get confused. People will say something. Uh, just the other day, my wife texted me and asked me if I had asked Google about some basil which I had not, but apparently my Lenovo smart clock at my bedside was giving answers about basil. No one I know asked, so I'm not, not sure. Not to be confused with basil. Basil, <laughs> yes. Uh, hello, basil. Uh, but so there, I don't know. I, I'm still struggling with the whole home ecosystem because I get it's supposed to be in your home, but we have these devices everywhere, and maybe face match will just, help a little better if google doesn't quite recognize your voice or whatever but it can give you contextual stuff and it sees your face and knows hey this is this guy yeah. i need to give him this stuff i i don't yeah. know i feel like it's all kind of a mess right now and throwing in face matches is going to make it worse yeah and so i don't i just I, yeah i could see it being some sort of security thing on the watch them including a camera and a watch but also i just i don't know it's an old patent and i don't yeah, know how long patents yeah that's the take other part stuff, they so can take like, a while but if they file for something back then i feel like even if not, they've got the patent now that doesn't mean that they are even, already have a device right, you, coming out you like, think about the the what was the one google got a few weeks back few months back you wrote with about the tablet mode tablet mode that's huge because now google's got a patent on it that was filed for 
I think three years ago. Yeah, a while back. Google got another one a while back that was almost 10 years old. It's not an offensive patent. It's a defensive patent. And maybe it's one of those things like, hey, we'd like to patent a camera in the middle of a smartwatch. And then down the road, Google's notorious for saying, hey, let's do something and then figure out why later. Maybe yeah, yeah. the use case hasn't even been thought up yet. Who knows? Right, exactly. So the the um, I'm looking over at the Verge article. Uh, John John Porter uh, wrote up a little piece here. It was Let's Go Digital that found it. The patent uh, it was filed back in July of 2017. Uh, so I mean, yeah, I don't know. It's weird. Uh, oh, that <laughs> the watch that had the uh, the camera on it was the Nubia Alpha. It looks awful it doesn't look like anything i'd ever wear because they have cool looking phones but um <laughs> but 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 john brought it up in in this article and it's something that i've been thinking about uh because fossil just put out their gen 5 watch which i'm going to purchase i was waiting to see if maybe if it would go on sale but i don't know i don't know if it's going to maybe like a labor day sale that would be cool um but uh google bought a chunk of uh, technology or i don't know if they bought like a part of the company of fossil um, who has been doing great in with with Wear OS watches like the their these this version of watches they have out right now are, are really good. So maybe I don't know. Maybe all of this is 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 speculation about this camera watch, but in reality, hopefully, maybe they're just working on a whole other thing on the other side of of, yeah, of the coin and 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 hopefully going to put out a good quality Pixel watch. Please. Please yeah. Google. Google just if, make a good. If they want Wear OS to continue, forward, you got to make a watch. They, you got to. to. You're in hardware now. You just got to. You got to lead the charge. Yep. Either they, they've got to do that, and they've got to figure but out something. It has something. to be good. Yeah, they yeah, got to figure out sure. silicon. Yeah. Or, oh, yeah. I mean, yeah. This, what a the mess. Snapdragon, whatever uh, that came out. It's just not good enough. It helped with battery life. Yeah, battery life's great. It didn't but do anything for performance. Performance basically. is terrible. Yeah. You know, sorry, but Apple set the benchmark on this yeah, one, so yeah. you're yep. not even close right now. Yep, yep. So come, come on, Google. If anyone has any uh, uh, inside information, please, please send us an anonymous message. <laughs> tips, tips at Chromebox.com. We'll see. Maybe they'll surprise uh, us at yeah. the event. Oh huh. gosh, dude, that would, mm. I would, I would lose my mind. Okay, uh, <laughs> let's. Like I said, we've got a bunch of random things. We're gonna, we're gonna switch gears to uh, gestures and kind of UI on on Chromebooks, and there's some changes coming that that. I feel like you. Uh, I feel like you're coming around on it, but I feel like at first you were a little, yeah, uh, a little weirded out by all this. Yeah, not just because it's going to change the way that I interact with my Chromebook. So this one's going to affect me uh, in a pretty hard way. Um, I use trackpad gestures a lot. Um, so the only ones that are changing though are the three and four finger gestures. So that cuts it down a little bit. It's not like they they're taking away like two finger scroll or something that that would just break me. <laughs> I'd be so messed up if they took that away. So that, that none of that's changing. But right now, as it stands, three finger gestures can scrub through tabs. I do do that a lot. Like that's Daily. very regular. Yeah. Like by the minute, honestly, while I'm working on my Chromebook, it's just. I've gotten into the habit, like it, it makes working on other operating systems difficult for me because I, I'm so used to just going, oh yeah, go over here, wait, oh man, I gotta go click that, you know, and so that's a three finger thing and that's been around Chrome OS since the beginning that I've been using it, so that's that's been a long ingrained habit formed for me. So has three finger swipe up to go to overview, like that's those two motions that I just do that instinctively, like as quick as my brain thinks I need to see all my windows, I've swiped up with three fingers. So 
That's swapping now. Those are going to be four-finger gestures. Same gestures, just you need the fourth finger. So throw your pinky in on, on that whole Which thing. Which feels a little weird to me. It does. Like three fingers sitting on a, on a trackpad feels so much more natural. Yeah, because your pinky's like an ancillary yeah, it's all, digit. It's all down here, all being yeah. weird and stuff. And so... Um, and right now, four fingers swipes you through your virtual desk, which that's technically not even a feature yet. Um, they've, they've even, in 77, so if you're in beta, they've taken virtual desktops out uh, unless you turn the flag on. So all the features are still there that we've talked about. You just turn one flag on and it's all there. It's not like it's you know separated out the way it was. Pieces, yeah. But it's, it's not there. It's not turned on. So they've changed it to where 78 is where it's going to be on out of the box. That's, that's where it's landed and it's, it's happy there. Um, but what they're doing in changing it, changing that part of it, they've, they've already merged the, the change. It's going to be a three finger swipe now between your desktops and four finger swipe up to go to overview and four finger swipe left and right to scrub tab. So it's not like the gestures are going away, but it's a very fundamental change in the way you're going to navigate. And at first I was like, I don't like this. It doesn't even make any sense in my head. The, the more complex, the move, the more complex, the more fingers it shouldn't take, you know, like a scroll is super simple moving between tabs, a little more complex going to overviews, more complex, and then swiping your entire desk left and right is even more complex. So it would make sense that you would add more fingers to those things. And now it seems the opposite. Uh, but as uh, Android Police, I think Ryan Hager uh, uh, posted and, and cited us in the in the article, um, he made the point that in other operating systems it's a three finger swipe to move across virtual desktop. So in Windows and Mac, it's a three finger swipe. So people coming over from those are going to expect, hey, I can swipe my virtual desktops with three fingers. So uh, okay, you know, I'll take that. Mm. I mean. I don't necessarily think that's a better thing because those operating systems don't have the same three finger gestures that Chrome OS does. So, or I kind of just wish maybe they would have just done tab scrubbing to be four fingers maybe or something. I don't know. Like, why can't I still keep three finger swipe up? Why do I have to add the fourth for that? But is on a Mac, what is it on a Mac to go to expose? It's four, isn't it? Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it, it just puts it in line with other operating systems and I get that. Can you do three? What's three fingers? Do anything? No, three does the same thing. Yeah, so that's right now you can a lot of times get away with four fingers on Chromebook, and maybe they'll maybe they'll leave it three uh, and four to go to to expose and then I don't know I don't know but it's changing and I'm just gonna have to change my habits <clears throat> just the way it is. So I, will uh, when this rolls out, will the, like how will people know to do this? <laughs> Go to Chrome Unboxed. Like, yeah, <laughs> you'll get an update and you'll get the little, the little what's, what's new, new in Chrome OS and you'll go to the embedded help page. But I'm just thinking of like the average. 10% users will read that yeah. and the rest 90% of them. 90% will flip out right. and probably cuss out the manufacturer even though it's not their fault. Yeah. Yep. And then they'll go search and we'll have some information out there telling you what happened. We will. Come, <laughs> so, come Chrome OS 78. We'll probably be uh, rolling that out and making yeah. sure that everybody knows what's up yeah, with yeah. that change. Yeah. Because it looks like that's where it's going to land. We'll cool. do it. Yeah. We'll do a big help video for Chrome OS 78. Yeah. There we go. I and, think that, I think it was merged. So the next dev update should, should, it should show, show mm-hmm. it. So we'll be able to kind of test it out prior. Okay. Um, well, well, we'll see. It's, it's kind of a, kind of an odd 
change. But, yeah. But okay. it, again, if it puts it on parity with right. other operating systems, people come people switching go. switch switching to Chromebook. Yeah, switch to Chromebook. Switch to Chromebook. Yeah. That's your that's your go. whole thing. That's right. So uh, let's let's switch gears again. Let's talk about um, Google Podcasts and uh, a feature that I came across uh, earlier this week. Um, looking around on the keyword, the Google blog, and uh, they had put out a press release about um, being able to more easily find and discover uh, podcast in search. So uh, if you go out right now, go to go to Google search on your phone or on uh, on your Chromebook or on your computer and search podcast about Chromebooks. Um, you'll scroll down and it's kind of been placing it right below those, uh, the other, what is it called? Like the other searches people have done or whatever. Yeah. I mean, it mixes it up. There's, yeah. There's oh, those, it was. Cause whenever you did yeah, it, it was down was a little different. further. You might get some apps, recommended apps. Your phone, yeah. You might get some new stuff, uh, but, it's, but a, it's one of those sections. Yeah. It's a nice little chunk. It's got a podcast heading and it's a mm -hmm. carousel. So you can kind of scroll through, uh, options yep. And they're, uh, you know, they're saying that they're using the Google, <laughs> Google understanding is all it said in the press release, to uh, better find uh, podcasts based on your search terms. Yeah, and I mean, honestly, who better to do this than Google? I mean, you right. take YouTube, their ability to transcribe YouTube almost real time with their closed captioning, um, their voice models through Google Assistant. Like, that, unless you know your podcast is super muddy. Given enough time, Google's going to know Probably what the heck out. you're talking about, yep. um, and so and recommend it if you've got yeah. a, if you've got a random podcast about this random thing, and, but no one can find it, you know, other than maybe maybe hopefully searching like I I've used uh, Pocket Cast. I'm, I'm switching over to Google Podcasts now, but in Pocket Cast you can do some browsing and searching. But if if the if your description isn't good or if whatever you know, yeah. people may not find it. Yeah. And Whereas I think now Google's going to just use their magic to to find podcasts. Yeah, for this you. is brilliant. I think on a couple levels, cause on one level, you know, it, it keeps, um, cause podcasting is like wild west right now. It um, still is. Even though there's so many podcasts, there's like 2 million podcasts and right that's now. What, I think it's, it's making like, it worse. Yeah, um, it is. Because it is. everybody has a podcast. Right. I read a snarky subtitle on something. Uh, it, it was either about Spotify or iHeart or one of the big guys that are, are getting into this whole podcast thing. It's like, so-and-so makes it easier for you to make your own podcast subtitle that no one is going to listen to right <laughs> and it's the truth like it's almost like youtube channels now like, like, let's make a podcast about every, whatever. Yeah, and everybody can I, jump but in maybe, but great maybe, jump in do right. you know make create do that kind of stuff don't expect you know you're going to make a ton of money yeah. maybe yeah. podcasts kind of become like youtube in that sense yeah, you know? yeah i mean we do this because we love doing it yeah we're not we making know, a ton no of money one off likes this. listening to us talk we <laughs> yeah. just love doing this yeah it's fun yeah uh, and so this what this does in a in a uh, environment like that where there's tons of people getting into it instead of it being like oh here's the secret guys here title it this way put this thumbnail on it put this metadata drop these titles and boom success and I, like it, it gets rid of all that because google's like no nah, we're going to listen to actually what the heck you're talking about right. and we're suggested based on that not based on some you know clickbaity you know junk right. that you're going to yeah, put so into so if your you stuff. have a, if you have a garbage cop podcast make sure it's attached to a really good website <laughs> so it gets traffic yeah that's how we work yeah uh, pretty much <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah pretty much nailed it on the head there but yep. the other the other side of that coin though too is that um the, the brilliance i see in this is that google now is going hey we own search clearly um people are searching for podcasts and now we can be the people that deliver it 
but when they deliver it, they're not delivering it. I think they said at some point you'll be able to open it in some other player. But yeah, for like right open now, it on, open, it, open it on other websites or other yeah, apps. on the web. Right. When you open it, you open Google Podcasts right. up, and so they need to drive people to their platform. And they too. need to fix podcasts for the web. Yeah, they, they need, need to, to fix Google Podcasts. Not even necessarily fix it. They just need to add features. To it's fully working. Roll it out. Yeah, it's working. Yeah. It but just like it needs I, all the you other need features. to be able to do everything you do in the app on the web. Well, well you, let's see. Let, let's take a lesson from YouTube. They killed the. YouTube, what was it called? Studio editor. What? Remember when we used to do YouTube videos in YouTube? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. It's yeah. just called editor. So yeah. that went away, which was dumb, but yep. it went away. They Whatever. Made it awesome. Instead. So Google owns search. They're getting deep into this podcast thing. They own online advertising, pretty much. Yeah. I mean, AdWords. Come on. If you're looking at a website and there's an ad, it's pretty good chance it's getting served by Google reboot Google Podcasts into an actual podcasting platform right. for creators. Oh, yeah. It's integrate AdWords and AdSense or whatever into it. Right. Just do YouTube you know, yeah. for podcasts. Just yeah, make YouTube absolutely. for Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly. Amazing. Yeah. And, and I mean, we would that, jump on board. Oh, absolutely. We're like, yeah, absolutely. We, we can create it in here. We can monetize it in here. Oh, cool. Yeah. A hundred percent. Let's go. Yeah. Like, and maybe that's what they're gearing up to do. Yeah. I mean, I'm yeah. sure someone there has thought of that. I mean, yeah, come on. the, the, uh, I was kind of digging around a little bit. I can't remember his name, but the, the product manager for podcasts that yeah. put out that, that post trying to see if I could find anything out there of different things they're doing, but there, there's not a whole lot out there about it, but Hopefully, uh, yeah. Hopefully, this is this is maybe a um, a uh, what's the word I'm looking for? This is a a hint at what they're working on, perhaps. Right. And it's, it's working on the web right now. It's working on search on your phone. They're gonna roll it out with uh, built into the assistant as well, and also built into the app. Um, so this will kind of be a full full thing. And I I think it'll be great for smart displays too. Oh, because as of right now, if I ask for a podcast, it just like picks something randomly. Yeah. So when it sh- it would come up and have the episodes, you just touch the one you right. want. And, exactly. So yeah, this is this is really cool. Hopefully, yeah. Just make make podcasts uh, like YouTube. That would be so great. Yeah. I hadn't even like why had I hadn't really thought about it that way. But yeah. dude, that's I mean, so you know, advertising makes up a little bit of Google's revenue. Yeah, a little bit. Right. What's a little bit more, right? A little little chunk. Little chunk. Okay. Now, let's let's switch gears one more time. Um and uh let's talk about I've got two things on the list. I I, I gotta I gotta decide which one it is. Gone all the way through the gearbox here. Oh, yeah. Is no. it uh uh is it is it uh oh, we're gonna go Chromecast Gen one. Let's talk let's talk about that. Or the Android Studio. Rest, I don't care. Rest in peace. <laughs> I, mean, yeah, I mean, we can do Android Studio real quick. Android Studio was announced for Chrome OS was announced back at I.O. in beta. 3, 3.5. 3.5 is out now. It's official Chrome OS support. No beta. No beta. It should have everything that the, the regular Windows, Linux, whatever version has. It's there. You can download it. They have a recommended list of Chromebooks. But theoretically, it should run on any current generation device. But you're going to need 8 gigs of RAM. Seriously. Except those uh, sixth gen Skylake devices. Except those. Sorry. Awkward. So uh, we're we're gonna we're gonna start a new podcast. It's gonna be called Quick Takes by Gabe. Hot takes. Just, <laughs> hot takes. Hot takes. <laughs> it's just gonna be Gabe doing that. And you can put that little news thing in the back. Yeah, we do the one. <laughs> we just do the one minute timer. Yeah, yeah, just, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Yep. So there you go. There's Run down. Studio. Okay. Let's, next. Let's, let's move. Let's, roll. 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 Come on. Come on. Come on. Let's Chromecast talk, uh, one. She yeah. gone. <laughs> there you go. That's pretty next much all thing. you need to know, folks. Uh, no, it's not gone. No, it's not gone it's forever. Not. Six years old last yeah. month. Gosh, um, it's insane. It was so funny. Way. Wait a second. So six years? Yeah. That's it? Yeah. Oh I only got gosh. six years out of yeah. this device. Out of a $35. I'm flipping the table. You can't see it, but I'm flipping it. dongle that paved the way for millions of cast-enabled devices. 
hasn't officially reached end of life. Uh, Google's just not pushing major updates to it anymore, but they have promised to continue to roll out bug fixes and security patches. So if you have one, don't throw it in the trash. It still works. You can still cast to it, but it might be time to start shopping. But 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 also I've, go go check out my article about uh, which one to buy. Which one to buy? Yeah, and I, th- I think I think it's a good. It's a. I think I made a good case for you know, for one case, of those. In case yeah. you haven't haven't caught any of our small talks about Stadia, <laughs> Stadia <laughs> will short, not work on your Gen day. One Chromecast now not. or ever. Yeah, might work on the third gen Chromecast. Definitely going to work. Probably. On Ultra. Oh yeah. So. Yeah. So there you go. Um, yeah, Chromecast. Um, that was a, that was another, that was another hot take by Gabe. (laughs) So folks, all right, we're going to, we're going to wrap this thing up. Uh, thanks so much for listening. As always, you can check us out online, chromeunbox.com. We've got all sorts of articles about things we've talked about today. We've got links to other podcasts, all sorts of fun stuff. So, uh, check that out, chromeunbox.com. And thanks again for tuning in and we will catch you all next week. Hey guys, thanks for tuning in. You can find show notes over at chromeunbox.com forward slash podcast. And if you want to stay up to date with everything that's happening in the world of Chrome and Chrome OS, make sure to check out our website, chromeunboxed.com and follow us on social media by searching for at Chrome Unboxed. Thanks again for listening and we'll see you next time.